Hey there, Crosswinds family and friends. Welcome to the Crosswinds Unleashed podcast. Each week, we're dedicated to bringing you the best stories and biblical life principles from authentic believers. Our hope is during this podcast to be able to, through interviews and practical instruction, find some fun and accessible ways to help each of us on our faith journey. I'm Craig Cooper, the host of this podcast and lead pastor of Crosswinds Church. Uh, As always, I want to give a special shout out to Elijah Merrill, our producer. And I am so excited to have with us our family ministry team here at Crosswinds. Wendy, thank you for for being back with us. You've been on previous podcasts. I'm an old pro, Craig. Thanks. There you go. There you go. <laughs> and our uh, our family pastors with us here. We have Brian Solar. Ah, uh, good to see you again, Craig. I should have said Wendy is our is our student pastor, so that's 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 important. And then we have Aaron, who is our director slash pastor of children's ministry, since she does pastoral work. Aaron, thank you for being with us. Thanks for having me again. And so we're going to talk about family ministry, and I'm going to let you know from the beginning, our hope is that many of you listening who are part of Crosswinds will venture into serving in this amazing ministry in our church. But to get you a little familiar with what we're even talking about when we talk about family ministry, and Brian, I'll start with you as a family pastor of of Crosswinds, what is family ministry? It's ministry to the family, Craig. Very good. Very, very succinct. Very yeah, that was, a, that was a softball. All right, next question. Uh, no, you know, we we categorize it, uh, it is ministry to the family. It's ministry to each of these individual unique phases from birth all the way up through graduation, but we we don't like to stop at graduation because we really like to, to partner alongside parents too. But that's kind of our focus right now, at least where we're at at Crosswinds, is it's this kind of infancy all the way up through the senior graduating and tagging along with the parents and their spiritual journey of raising their kids in faith. So we're here at Crosswinds partnering alongside of them, and we do that through kids ministry, student ministry, and you know parental ministry. And what's great while well, I'm looking at the three of you is not only do you serve as leaders of the ministry, but you actually have children at various stages within the family ministry. And so that's that's sort of uh, sort of exciting. So it's like it's it's like real to you. Not that it's not real to everyone else, but you know what your kids are getting from this ministry when they come home, whether they be um, the youngest, which would be probably Brian, your son, right? Yeah, four. Who, who's four? All the way up through the oldest. Which do we have a? Where are we at? Graduate, right? Last year? Well, I think between Aaron and myself, but my son, Sheldon, just graduated high school, came up all the way through student ministry, and will come back in the fall now as a leader at right, student ministry. Right. So we've, we've come the whole cycle. I, I just think that's great to have that perspective mm-hmm. as you're leading. Uh, and when we look at family ministry, I guess a question that maybe someone would ask is, you know, why is it important to the local church? You know, Aaron, what would you, what would you say to someone that says, why, why, why have family ministry in the local church? Well, I think that, you know, families are looking for um, just a a foundation, you know, for raising their kids. And um, I found oftentimes, too, when um, a couple becomes parents for the first time, they're looking for um, some sort of spiritual foundation, too. They're realizing, I guess, the importance, um, you know, and the responsibility of raising children and looking to instill in them morals, values, and I think, you know, naturally look to the church for that. 
That's great. And, and you know, it, it's a great community to do that. I think sometimes parents feel like they're all alone. Mm-hmm. And one of the advantages we have as a church family is to come alongside each other as as family, right? And mm-hmm. parents and, and their kids and to be able to help them in their journey. And so that's a that's powerful. If, um, I, if I could just add one thing. Yeah, here. please. I, you know, I think the statistic changes. You and I know this, but, you know, it, it's not off very many percents. But you know, I think it's like 75% of people make a decision for Christ by the time that they're like 15, 16. And so to anybody out there who maybe isn't a part of Crossman's local church and they don't have ministry to kids and students, you got to get on that because uh, it's just a, a massive pool of, of opportunity of ministry. And so it, it's, it's critical to our church and people age and people die. And if there's no one to come along, you know, to come behind them in the local church, then that church and in essence, you know, dies as well. That kind of sounds morbid, but but it's true. It's true. I mean, there's a life cycle, and if you're not feeding into that life cycle, new life, everything dies. Um, it's interesting you bring that up, Brian, because I, I just yesterday heard um, from uh, Wayne Cadero, you know, who's a by far mentor. Like he wouldn't know me from Adam, but I've been following him for years. And he made a statement. He said, you know, he's getting older now, and he said, I have only really one true regret. When I look back, and he said, I didn't have total control over it, but I still regret it. He said, I came to Christ when I was 19. I wish I had done it sooner. Mm -hmm. He said, even by 19, I had made decisions that I believe if I had come to Christ earlier, that I would have avoided those bad decisions that now have have had rippling effects even now, he said, to his age. And so how what an amazing challenge for us. Not that there isn't hope for those who are older, but it just makes sense. You know, I've often said coming to Christ at five, um, not that I haven't made bad decisions, but but I can't imagine how much I've been protected from uh, because of that early relationship and those, by the way, who poured into me. Uh, as as uh, many of you may know, may not know, I was raised in a in a home where I was sent to church, but they weren't believers. It's odd, but that was the way it was. So I came to Christ when I was five. My parents came to Christ when I was fifteen, but it was through. Um, you know, children's ministry, kids' ministry workers, and, and student ministry workers that I was mentored. My parents were moral, but as far as understanding God in my life and His Spirit, you know, directing my decisions, I got that all outside my home. And if it weren't for the local church and family ministry, um, receiving Christ at five wouldn't have had an impact because I wouldn't have known what to do with that relationship. And so, you know, this podcast is, is really close to my heart, not just as lead pastor, but my own personal testimony. Wendy, I'm going to ask you a question. Um, so when we're talking about coming alongside families then, what does that look like, like practically on a weekly basis, monthly basis? How do we come alongside families and help them as we talk about from all the way? And Aaron, you may need to pop in on this one because we're talking about from, from birth all the way through. Wendy, you're, you're dealing mostly with junior and senior hires. Mm-hmm. But what's that look like? You know, I think from a teen, preteen perspective, I feel like we partner with parents you know, parents are trying to raise their children. I think about the the scripture, train a child in the way they should go, and when they're older, they will not depart from it. And I feel like as a student ministry team and picking up the torch where kids' ministry leaves off, you know, we have the capacity to be able to train the students and partner with the parents in, you know, making those right decisions you talked about. We just came out of a series, A Holy Life, teaching children about how everything begins and ends with the condition of their heart and their relationship with Jesus. And so, we just, um, you know, we just have this unique opportunity to help kids see the relevance of God's word and sort of combat what's happening in the world and kind of back up what their parents are telling them. You know, they they look at their parents and say, "Well, you don't know everything." Well, they come to student ministry and we, you know, we have their parents back. So, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I can remember specifically, and I, I would guess that my mom was a new believer at this time. I was in high school, and I don't know what was going on between me and her, but probably just that typical parent, you know, child, you know, teenager trying to, to spread their wings a little bit. But but she uh, she said, uh, do you want to talk about us? And, of course, I said no. I didn't want right. to talk to it with her. I said, I'll talk about it when I get to church. And later she conveyed to me, much later, like I might have been in college or so, she was talking about how important that moment was to know that the person that I was going to go talk to, she could trust. Right. That what they were going to say would reinforce a positive relationship between me and her versus what the world may offer in that type of conversation. I think that's powerful to know that people are coming alongside of us, reinforcing the values and the concerns and the mission that we have as parents for our children, what we desire and what God desires for them. Erin, would you add anything that maybe oh, to that? Um, I would definitely echo what you're saying, too, um, not only as the director of kids, but also as a parent, you know, as you mentioned previously, um, just the um, comfort and the encouragement that I have, um, knowing that as my kids uh, get older, that... Um, as much as I would love for them to always come to me with, you know, issues that they're dealing with, um, to know that that may not always be the case, but to know that there are other um, trusted adults who are believers and um, helping them, you know, work through them, some of these things as well, too. So to know that, hey, even if it's not me, um, that, yeah, they have a small group leader or, you know, other people in their lives that can um, speak the truth in, into their lives. Because yeah, as parents, our, our great desire is not that our children necessarily follow us. We're right. hoping that that's the same as following God, but but ultimately, um, what we want is God's best for them. Right. And when we have people around them who are also, you know, believing in the truth of God's word and the power of His Spirit working within the believer, um, that that's a that's a recipe for success uh, in life. Not not a recipe for not hardships, but a, a recipe for success even in the midst of those things. Brian, you have a unique. Um, story here. And if anyone's heard your podcast, they, they they know that not only are you the family pastor, but you served as student pastor for how many years? Uh, 10 years. 10 years, so a decade as a student pastor, and, and also came up as a student through the student ministry. And so you have a, a, a wealth of experience in family ministry here at Crosswinds, not just as a pastor, but as a participant and so forth. You know, does any stories come to your mind? You know, you got to pick one, which is hard, right? You had a decade of experience, continuing experience as family pastor, been in student ministry. But do you have any any ministry, any story that comes to mind that sort of shares about sort of this effort of of pouring in the students and kids and families that you would say, man, this is a story that really um, exemplifies what we hope to see happen through family ministry. I was hoping you weren't going to ask me that question, Craig. Uh, my memory, my memory is not necessarily great at remembering specifics, but um, actually, it was just yesterday. Uh, I was after we had you know, Sunday services. We're recording this on a Monday, and um, my son Charlie, who's four and is very impressionable, um, we went out to lunch with a group of teens that I got a chance to see come up through like kids ministry, and I was a student pastor when they were in sixth grade, right? So. I'm listening to these conversations happen at the lunch table with my son, Charlie, with these people who I love. And uh, so it's not necessarily like a story, but a moment where I'm like, man, all these kids' lives have been changed by Jesus Christ. And they're all in these unique paths. Um, some are you know, pursuing higher education. Some are entering the work field. Some are still trying to figure some stuff out. 
but there's not one single one of them that I wouldn't trust for what they would have to pour into my son, you know, and, and I love that my son Charlie gets to be around them and they're influenced by these kids. And I, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about this at some point. Uh, we already have in previous podcasts, but you know, the, these guys are the current leaders of the church, you know, right now. And they were when they were in sixth grade and they were when they were in 12th grade. And so God just allowed me just through my tenure here to see significant life transformation and it's continued on. And I'm just so thankful. And I know these kids struggle, but so thankful that he spared them through what I assume would have been a lot of uh, struggle without him in his life and uh, to see where he has them now. And now there's, now they're influencing my kid, which is crazy. You know, uh, my, my son uh, this summer is interning with you and he could have picked other places to intern. Uh, and when he was really praying and thinking through it, he said, um, what do you think? I've, I know Brian as a student, but I'd, I'd like to know more about what, what's happening in family ministry as a, as a now a pastoral student. And so it, it speaks highly of, of the, all of your leadership because he's actually served as a student with each of you, uh, each of the three of you. And as a father, very, very thankful for that. But I, I was so excited that when he, like the first person in his mind was, I wonder if Brian would do this. I wonder if Wendy and Aaron would let me be a part of this. And I want to come back to Crosswinds. You know, he grew up here through his whole junior high and whole senior high you know, life, if you will, uh, here at Crosswinds and through the ministry. And, and when he looked at all the other options, he said, you know, I just want to learn why they did what they did and how they did it. And I just thank you for that. Thank you for that. You know, we're, we're all here um, products of people pouring into us. But as we look at our kids, uh, what a blessing it is to to be in a place where I can trust that and see that. And even as they've uh, headed out of the home, many of them have wandered back, you know, and said, this is a place where I want to want to invest uh, into and have people invest into me. Which leads to another another question I have for you. What, what are your current challenges? I mean, you know, help me out here, and maybe anyone can answer this. But how many – I always talk about our pastoral responsibility, which doesn't just mean people who come on a, the average weekly. But how many children and students would call Crosswinds their home? Um, and it's a guesstimate, I know, but – Yeah, so – I, you know, we just had to. You know, we're in the Westland denomination, and we had to, to pull some of these numbers too. Um, so I think I think we about we'd say about 150 kids are in that kind of discipleship train, and about 100 students right now are in that as well. So about 250 kids in our our little community, plus here. parents, caregiver. Correct. Yep. Yep. So just I, this past school year, right? Um, so I would just assume then there's some challenges. Yes. A few. <laughs> I mean, because the three of you can't do all that. Right. It, it, that that's that's beyond anyone's bandwidth for pastoral care and pouring into them. So talk to me about, and whoever wants to jump in, you know, what, what are some challenges that you're facing currently as a family ministry, as, a, as we look at how we minister to these children, teens, and, and their parents? You and know, caregivers? I think from a, yeah, from a teen perspective, I just think about this word identity and not even so much like gender identity, but just students come in with this idea that they get to define who they are and they can make their own way, which to some extent is true, but they lose their true sense of identity in Jesus Christ. And so we're combating what's happening in the world, what's on, you know, on social media and even what they're hearing in schools, unfortunately. And so we have to overcome that and help them to understand the relevance of God's word and how, you know, it's profitable in their lives and, and why they should want to know Jesus. 
So I think that I would say is my biggest challenge is helping kids understand what their true identity is. Erin, what would you add to that? Um, yeah, I would totally agree. You know, I was actually just having a conversation with my husband um, earlier today, too, um, really about that, just saying how thankful I am um, that um, our kids in particular, but of course the kids at, at Crosswinds and students as well, have um, their parents and other people in their lives to um, kind of counter some of the things, you know, that they're being told through social media, um, at school, their friends or whatever, and that um, they have those people to, um, yeah, just counter with the truth of God, with the truth of the Bible. I'm so thankful for that. And I think also, too, um, just for kids and students both to realize that however young, however old they are, that they can make an impact. They can make a difference, you know, um, and to help equip them to be able to do that. So, Brian, when, when, we're, when we're talking about these challenges, right, and these, these are big challenges that every parent, every caregiver has, as well as, you know, we as a church, right? I mean, these are close to our heart. How do we – we would use the word if we used a, a Christian word, right? Uh, disciple. How do we disciple them, which for those who maybe be a new term for it, we're talking about mentorship. How do we how do we help them learn what it means to to identify with who they are in Christ and and what does it mean to be a Christian and how does that apply to their daily living? Um, I would guess, we already sort of alluded to this, that the three of you – 250-plus parents, caregivers, impossible, right, just for the three of you to do that effectively. And so we rely here at Crosswinds heavily upon what we call ministry partners. Uh, others may call them volunteers, but we believe them as ministry partners because they partner with us in the ministry. They, they, they're not just filling spaces. They're doing something um, quite significant. And, and so – Speaking to somebody out there, Brian, who's who's listening to this, maybe I'm guessing they're not involved in the family ministry. Why would they consider? I mean, if, if everything that hasn't been said isn't enough, <laughs> and in my heart, I think it should be. But but what would you say to someone? Say, well, if they asked you, why why should I consider being a ministry partner, volunteer in the family ministry? I would I would just start by saying that Jesus is life. You know, we read that, um, you know, he's the, he's the vine, you know, we're the branches, you know, if we're not connected to the vine, we're dead, we're nothing. So we talk a lot about, you know, just our need to be disciple makers and our call to do that. And every single Christian, you know, a believer is called to do that. It, it's not, it's a non-negotiable. So I would encourage anybody who's out there, like family ministry, student and kids ministry is like the harvest is so plentiful and you get to witness actual life transformation happening in front of you at the wonder and at the enthusiasm of these young kids that are, are trying to find out what Wendy was saying, you know, who are they? And, and we have the answer to that. You know, they, they were created in the very image of God and their hairs are numbered on their head and they were intric- intricately woven inside their mom's womb by a loving and caring God who desperately desires to save them and give them a way to live life, right? So we have all the answers to all these questions they have, and we see it time after time after time again. And so um, Aaron and I were, were just catching up recently, and and we were just talking about how, like, it, we go into serving kids and students with this expectation we're going to help them somehow. 
and we're ultimately the ones that are changed by it, right? Because as we're as we're communicating what we believe to be true about God, we're reminded about those things. God gives us a heart to love these kids and these students and these parents, and just there's just so much opportunity. Um, and I think that's if I could add on to what these guys are saying for challenges right now is is we're trying to do all of these things that God has called us to do, but we just don't have the workers right now to do all of the things that we want to do, you know. And and there's there's no shortage of, of opportunity and creativity and, and things that could happen. And there's a wide variety of talents and skills and abilities that we can really employ in the church to anything short of sin to, to get people to know who Jesus is because in Jesus's life. Yeah, it's exciting. You know, I, I've had opportunity to come up and, you know, especially when I'm, I'm not the one who's, who's um, providing the message for the weekend, who's preaching that weekend, to be able to come up to the children's ministry, sometimes serve, sometimes do door stuff, uh, sometimes be chased out if, 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 if you don't want me there. But, uh, but I like, I love going up there, so much energy. And I hear, I hear all the time um, Crosswinds people say, it is so exciting seeing like new families and new kids. And, and we're seeing that. That's great. With that blessing comes this responsibility, right? Where, where as we grow, we need more people. Uh, it's, just, it, it's just sort of the, it goes together. So as we as we pray that God would would allow us to grow in breadth and depth as a as a church, we're obviously praying that over the family ministry. Part of that prayer also has to be, and Lord, please bring workers because the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few, type of thing. And so talk a little bit about, and uh, Wendy, I'll go to you, then Aaron, I'll go to you, because more specific in your areas. So I'm sitting here, I'm saying, man, I'm feeling nudged to, to, to at least take a step and figure out where to serve, how to serve, right? I'm, I'm assuming in a ministry, the size that we have, that there's not just one position, there's many ways we can serve. What are, what are some ways that I could serve if I wanted to in the student ministry? So there's a couple things that came to mind right away, and one, of course, is being a small group leader where you come in with an, a grade level and you stay, you track with them all the way through graduation. So um, that one's a commitment. You go deep with the students. You're in the trenches. And then for someone who maybe wants to get their feet wet, you know, we'd love to have baristas come and work, run a blender and work coffee shop on a Wednesday night so that we can provide that to our students or, you know, work in a snack shop or come hang out in the gym and play sports during free time. So there's all kinds of different ways to serve in student ministry you know, at a at a sort of a high level going deep or just really being there to engage with students. So lots of opportunity. And all of it needed. Correct. Correct. <laughs> Never enough. Erin, what would you what would you say as far as for children's ministry, kids ministry here at Crosswinds? Yeah, um just like with students, there's a wide variety um of just opportunities to serve in kids. Um, if uh, someone is more inclined to uh, the younger end, you know, we and loves to hold babies, you know, we we certainly have opportunity for that um, all the way up through fifth grade. So we have um, just it, our ministry broken down really more so into age groups with our baby boulevard um, that is young uh six-week-old babies through age two, and then we have our preschool uh, room, and then we have our elementary um, ages two up through fifth grade. So, you know, if somebody's geared towards the younger end, the older end, whatever, um, and then also, too, um, we do have small group leaders as well in kids' ministry, and um, just like with students, um, that is um, definitely a, a deeper level commitment, you know, for small group leaders. They do get to know those kids uh, that they lead and just develop more of a pers- personal relationship with them. 
Um, if somebody is more of a just a people person and just enjoys welcoming people as they come in, we have um, a, a, a team for that as well, you know, a welcome team and checking people in and welcoming um, new families, um, getting them situated, things like that. Um, we have our large group too. So a lot of our students actually right now serve in the large group capacity either as part of our tech team or uh, dancing or uh, vocals in, in our worship team. So the need is there. Um, so really a need to uh, suit everyone's interest really. Yeah, what I'm hearing is there, there's there's everything from really high engagement uh, down to the not so high engagement, right? I know you have greeters, you have people helping people sign in. I mean, there, there's so much that people could do um, in both of these ministries. Brian, would would you add anything as you're sort of the family pastor? Any anything that you would say, you know, because you're you're basically, I, I would say, one of your big jobs is you're the official door greeter <laughs> up there <laughs> and, and bo- on both ministries. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So you know, yeah, you know, I think. Uh, just, just to, to knock, you know, we we just love the idea that you know, especially on, on like a, on a Sunday morning, you've got moms and dads coming in, sometimes holding two kids at a time. We have you know families with twins and diaper bags, and it's like the least we could do is open a door for them, you know. <laughs> and especially for new people, just that that smiling face, that first impression, we really believe in that. That's an important element of of who we are here at Crossman's from the moment they enter. Just that we want them to know that you know uh, we love them and we care about them, and we made an effort for them. You know, excited they're here, uh, and then it goes all the way up to these these you know kind of higher level leadership positions, small group, which sounds scary, but it's it's really not as scary as it is. And I think we would all agree that Jesus was a, a pretty great leader here, right? But even he had a limit of twelve, of twelve guys. And I can tell you right now that we have a, a K through two small groups that meet at nine a.m. that have almost twenty kids a week in it. That's not a small group, and so these kids deserve. Smaller groups broken out with consistent leaders where these leaders can really get to be a part of their lives. And one thing that's really cool is these leaders ideally would start at the kindergarten level and they'd follow them first, second, third. By the time they get to fifth grade, they'll have been with that one consistent person for five years. That develops such an immense amount of trust. And and the same thing with student ministry. We start them in six and they go all the way to 12. And then if they're willing to repeat, we'll send them back to six for that seven-year journey. But even in our, our student ministry, we have a sixth grade group that, you know, has got 14, 15, 16 girls in it. That's not a small group. And these kids are not being discipled in a way that even Jesus modeled. So we need people because our kids and our students deserve to have those smaller groups of phases. So, yeah, that's my, that's my, that's my plea right there. One of the principles that I picked up early in pastoral ministry that I, I believe as I look at Scripture is is a biblical principle is that the Lord um, always provides for the ministry He calls us to, and so as I look at what you're saying, uh, the three of you, and, and and you know just the the volume of need, if you will, within the the student ministry and the and the kids ministry, um, that's a good thing in the sense that God is blessing us with people. But again, the the harvest is plentiful, the workers are few. But I believe with all my heart, within our Crosswinds family, He's actually provided. Uh, what's needed, I just think some people have to be obedient. Now, you guys haven't said that, but I was lead pastor. But I believe of all my heart that if I believe that principle, which I do, and I believe it's very biblical, that that we he wouldn't bring us people that we can't uh, minister to effectively. 
and you're saying, well, we're not really ministering to the highest effective uh, state that we should be able to. And in fact, we're asking more of our people than Jesus took on himself. Think about that. Then there are people even now who are listening to this, who are being nudged, who maybe have been nudged before and thought, I'm just going to push that aside. Um, Let me tell you, um, I plead with you. I'm getting emotional, so I am here because of how God used people. And if you're listening to this, don't underestimate how God could use you to transform one individual who has had the ability over my lifetime to be used by God to impact many. Your small investment, God will multiply. And so if you're listening to this, don't put it off. Don't put it off. Get invested. And Brian, how would they do that? Um, we made it just super simple. You can get on our website. There's a serve button on there. You just got to click a link and you can get in contact with us. It's as simple as that. Or just, I mean, if you're a part of Crosswinds Local Church, just come find Wendy, Aaron, or I, or one of our amazing ministry partners. I don't think we, we got a chance to really say that. We do have workers. They are amazing. And we're so thankful for them. So it them. isn't just the three of us. It's not just the three of us. We have <laughs> quite a bit of help. But like you said, Craig, like the harvest is getting more plentiful. We just need some more workers to join the incredible working team that we do have. And so, yeah, it, it's that simple. And we'll, we'll start off with a conversation. We'll do some shadowing. You know, we're not just going to throw you in there. Uh, and we'll make sure you're prepared and we're, you're put in a position where your giftings are being maximized. Well, if you've listened to this podcast, you realize you've hit history right here. Here's my first emotional breakdown in the midst of a podcast. As you did it. Uh, yeah, you guys, you guys did as family ministry, um, but it's because it's so close to my heart. It's so close to my testimony. It's so close to why um, I even uh, jumped into this thing called pastoral ministry because people believed in me, took time to invest in me, and eventually my parents. Um, I can honestly say it was the the kids' ministry and the student ministry that eventually drew my parents and eventually my brother. Um, my my kids only know us as a Christian family, uh, but they don't realize that's only one generation deep <laughs> uh, because of the investment of others. And so, uh, you know, I, I can't I can't twist your arm. If I could, I would. Um, but if the Spirit of God is nudging you, and that's key. Not everyone who listens to this, the Spirit of God's nudging you for this ministry. But if he is nudging you, um, just just consider uh, what God wants to do in and through you as you take that step of faith and reach out to Wendy and Brian and Aaron. Um, I would love to have them come back on the podcast and be able to say, we have so many, so many ministry partners, so many workers. We're praying that God brings more in uh, so that they have something to do. Uh, that's the problem I would rather have than, man, God's bringing so many people in. And we just don't have people willing to, to love them for Jesus. And so, um, you know, thank you so much for being here, Wendy. I, I appreciate you, the work you do. Um, again, uh, you have poured into into uh, my my own uh, kids, and so thank you for that. Thanks, Brian. Brian, obviously you've poured into them as well. Thank you for the work you've done in my life as a dad uh, for them and also for all the other kids who, you know, it's interesting as lead pastor that are also under my care indirectly through you guys. And so thank you for the work you do there. And Aaron, you have the unique opportunity to not just be, have poured into my, especially my youngest who sort of served with you, 
Um, but I have two grandkids uh, who now come every week and are part of the kids' ministry. And so, you know, as much as I like my kids, the, the grandkids are so much cooler. Thank you so much for pouring into them and, and for leading the team that does that week after week. You're making a huge difference. Uh, nothing excites me more, especially my granddaughter's a little older uh, when she comes out. And, you know, her answer right now is always Jesus. And so when I see what she has in her hand, I know she's learning other things. Jesus is enough, I know, but but she's also learning about other things in the Bible. But but right now it's just Jesus, and that's okay. So thanks for thanks for doing that work. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Hey, it's it's great to have you with us, um, listening to this podcast. Uh, I, I just I know you have a ton of things you can listen to, a ton of things you can do, uh, but taking the time to, to to listen to this and and then to. To take some time, maybe even like especially an episode like this, to pray about what would God have me do with this, um, it, it would be an, a great next step. Um, if you want to learn about all things Crosswinds, you can go to crosswinds.church. You can learn about this podcast. Even on our website, you can connect with Wendy, Brian, or Aaron uh, about how to how to take that next step, which I would guess, by the way, isn't just signing on the dotted line. It's really finding out more information. Uh, and so it's the first step's not that scary. The first step's just saying, hey, talk to me about how possibly I could serve up there. There's no, no commitment at that level, but there is uh, you sharing your interests so they can let you know how you can make a difference in the lives of really generations uh, for the kingdom. For now, be blessed and bless others.